2: Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are here with ESPN draft expert, Mel Kuyper Jr. There is no... The legend. The legend. The one and only, baby. (laughs) Mel just finished up with an hour and a half conference call, and he's jumping on the podcast immediately.
1: Mel, you are a beast. A grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It does. It does. When you get questions from all over the country for all these different NFL teams and college players, but that's what it preps you for radio shows and it preps you for draft day. And it gets you to, to do. I always tell kids when they're coming up, you can't have notes. <laughs> no notes. So, yeah, I, if you ask me a question, let me check. Hold on a second, guys. Let me right. Check and see. You can't do that. You know, <laughs> you know, not a time. When you're on a radio show and you do, we do on the Daria Mel show, we do question and answer and say the Ask Mel segments. I can't be grabbing papers. You got. And I always say, if you write it down, you usually remember it. So if you right. write your reports, you usually remember what you wrote.
2: Well, there you go. Well, now you get to just focus on the Ravens, your bread and butter <laughs> here. So uh, that's the way
1: to do it. We got Eric DeCosta. Is Eric, joining us today. Yeah, he's coming by any minute. Any
2: minute. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> He's got his list of questions. Who's everybody else yeah, Exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so we'll start here. You know, you had the Ravens going wide receiver with your first three mock drafts. Uh, in your latest, you switched to cornerback. Now, is is that mostly because of the Odell Beckham Jr. edition or mostly just because there's some really good corners there that fit the
1: Ravens well? It was a, basically the Beckham. I think once they got Odell Beckham, Nelson Aguilar came in as the, you know the third, fourth option. You have uh, Rashad Bateman. You obviously have still have Duvernay, but I think they can draft a receiver. They'll certainly draft one. First round cornerback is a little more pressing. Mm-hmm. I felt like Deontay Banks from Maryland made so much sense. You know, he had a great year after coming back from that shoulder injury. Now tracking the deep ball, he's got to work on. He tracks it, but the, making that move late in the route is something he needs to work on. Obviously, and I think that's something coaching can improve a little bit. Some of that's instincts as well. So you got to kind of balance that out. But I thought Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes. From Mississippi State is really mm-hmm. interesting. He had, you know, you know all about the interceptions. He had six career pick sixes, fourteen career interceptions. Right. He's got length. He ran four three five. He's only one hundred and sixty six pounds, but he never got hurt in three years at Mississippi State. I think Emmanuel Forbes, D J Turner, coached by Mike McDonald. You know what he did the last two years at Michigan. Then he ran four two six at the combine. I really think there's going to be a good whoever Eric and the organization feels whether it's Turner, Forbes, Banks. Witherspoon and Gonzalez, probably Porter Jr. will be gone. If Porter Jr. is there, he's an option as a press corner as Mm -hmm. well. But I think there's going to be a really good corner that they love available when they make that pick.
0: Let's just stick on Banks for a second. He's also somebody that had a really strong combine. I mean, from right down the road, Baltimore kid, you know, the story. Sometimes around this time of the year, I'm always paying attention to the story, and you'll kind of fall in love love with the guy. Ravens love a good story. And so that's part of uh, what. It's something I'm always kind of keeping in the back of my mind. But he had a great combine. But the Ravens are also a team that, that says, you know, the Combine confirms things, but they don't put too much stock on the Combine. They also really value the tape and value what a guy did over the course of a college career. So when you look at Deontay Banks, what do you see on the tape beyond of what he accomplished at the Combine?
1: That's all a kid who had an aggressive nature about him. Uh, he was a guy that, when the season started, I was looking at Sha'Cory and Bennett. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, Deontay Banks is coming back from the shoulder, who catches your eye? And it was always Banks. And I, obviously, he's a local kid. You watched him. You knew he had the talent. But when you watched him play and you saw him matching up in coverage so effectively, there's some things he needs to work on. But he broke up a lot of passes. He was aggressive enough in terms of tackling and supporting the run. He had the size. You always thought. Now, I always estimated him to be a 435 to 4-4 guy. I don't mm-hmm. know what he his final number like 438. He was always in that range of 441. You always knew he would test well from a recovery speed standpoint. Mm-hmm. He had the size, he had the length. I always felt like I think even in the Mach 1.0, I had him in the first round uh, before I knew the test numbers is I had faith that he would test well based on performance. Certainly first round test numbers come in. That's gonna say check. Okay, so I thought first round for him, and you knew there were going to be some teams in the first round, like the Ravens, Minnesota, the Giants. They could all look corner. Uh, Pittsburgh. There, it was just setting up when you looked at the way the draft was going to unfold from where the where say Pittsburgh picks at seventeen on down the line. You're going to need to find corners in the first round. Fortunately, Turner ran the four two six. Forbes had the great production, then ran four three five. Banks played well, then ran well and tested well. Porter actually ran better at four or five than I thought he would. I projected him at four or five, six to four or six, ran four or five. So that putting we're solidly in there. Witherspoon just ran a four-four four at his pro day, as you guys know, this past week. So mm-hmm. uh and Gonzalez tested great. So all these corners that kind of fell into place where we could have, you know, six in the first round. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, another, speaking of good stories, Joey Porter Jr. would be an amazing, I mean, watching Joey Porter put on a Ravens hat <laughs> at, at MC Banks that would be amazing. God, we'd all love that. Do you think <laughs> it, it, if he falls to 22, is that a slam dunk pick for the Ravens?
1: I don't know where I could slam dunk. I think uh, he, to me, at 6'2 and a half, 193, he's got really long arms. Like I say, ran four, five. He didn't have many interceptions. He only had like one career interception, Mm -hmm. so the ball skills keep working. There were chances where he just didn't come up with the interception when he could have. You like to see that be a little bit better, more more interception production. He didn't allow a receiving touchdown this year. He got – and his father even addressed this, but if you notice two years ago, he was grabbing his hands, he was – he was, mm. he was a penalty waiting to happen. Being too and physical? Joey Porter's
2: that. son yeah. being too physical?
1: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. never think of Porter. Joey Porter's kid would be too physical. <laughs> like, he play like he would a linebacker. Right? <laughs> you can't do all that grabbing and hands. Right. He still did a little of it after five yards, but I think his father even said it to come. he worked on that. Going back was important for him to, to work on that because knowing the NFL, you can't do that or it's you know third down, that frustration penalty of You stop him <laughs> on third down, but you got an automatic first down. It was a corner held down. So if he can work on that a show he can come up with some interceptions uh which only one in penn state bothers me a little bit but we have six two and a half 193 with his length and the way he plays as physical as he is press corner all the way um yeah if he were there it'd be very really, really interesting yeah
0: so despite the addition of odell beckham i i still feel like there's a chance the ravens could go first round wide receiver like i wouldn't necessarily cross that off what do you think do you mm-hmm. think there's still a chance to go that route
1: if Jackson Smith and Jigbo were there, I think you could put it in pen. Uh, I just mm. don't think he will be. I think he, he tested 4-4-9. The 4-5-2 was his, his, his uh, pro day 40 number. Uh, he had a great combine from the, uh, the, the agility, quickness drills and all that. Um, he catches the ball so well. He's got versatility. But what he did – and remember in that Ohio State uh, Rose Bowl game, the two receivers, Olave and Wilson, didn't play. And he lit it up. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was not a star yet. So he went out and had 15 catches, three touchdowns against that Utah defense, and that was without the other two guys on the field. This mm-hmm. year he got hurt. We're going to hold it against them. Derek Stingley Jr. had the same thing two years ago. Remember, he didn't play, and he still went third overall. He had a sauce gardener. So I think Smith and Jigba's going to be gone. So if he's gone, to get into Zay Flowers, who I love out of Boston College, People say he has these drops. I didn't see the drops. Now, maybe <laughs> I missed something. I didn't see 24 or whatever. He's saying any drops. I don't see them. Where are they? I, I don't know. But Jordan Madison, <laughs> USC, another guy, you know, not real big, but he plays physical. He's got versatility. He's a great route runner. Uh, did great things at Pitt with 100 catches for Pickett. Did great things for Caleb Williams. I'm with you. Wide receiver, I had one marked down until Beckham was signed. Mm-hmm. Once I got word of Beckham, I changed it. That was a late change for me. <laughs> I said, I'm getting him out of there. I'm going, I had, actually had, I believe, Flowers going there. Yeah. And I moved him up to Pittsburgh because I wanted to get a corner down. So I said, I'm going to get Banks to Baltimore. Could have gone Forbes. Want to get a corner to Minnesota. I'm hearing Hendon Hooker. I'm not believing that. So they couldn't stop Daniel Jones in the playoff. Their defense was terrible <laughs> in secondary. Uh, They they have no corners. I felt like I got to get Minnesota corner, got to get the Giants a corner. So I had to work it where it made sense. So I got the receiver away from Baltimore basically after Beckham was signed, or I would have gone that
2: route. Now you're breaking my heart, though, Mel, sending Zay Flowers, my guy, Zay, to the Steelers, though.
1: <laughs> um, Zay's everybody's guy, isn't he? I know. He, First, he just uh, seems like a great kid. What, what he, is he is a great kid. Had, the, I think the stay at Boston College when he could have bailed. Yeah. He could have trampled. Addison left Pitt to go to USC. Guy's moving all over the country. He could have gotten out of Boston College. Jeff Hathaway loves the kid. Uh, you know, he made tremendous catches this year in traffic. He's electric with the ball in his hands, jet sweeps, reverses, he can do it all. Um, like I say, tremendous kid. You know, the story about Zay and everything about Zay is is great. So uh I just think if he's there, that's a that's a conversation. If Zay Flowers and those corners are there, that's a discussion they're gonna
2: have to have. Yeah, maybe that's a trade back scenario. That's move back three picks, yeah, something that's like, the like that. Cost to three just spots. Pick
1: up a two. You can pick up a two, yeah. That's a way to go. Yeah, a guy I like that's kind of in that mode is Tank Dell at Houston. Yeah, I like the quarterback Clayton Tune is a fourth fifth rounder. But I really like Tank Dell who can help you in the punt return game. Made a lot of big catches for Houston and Clayton Tune. So, uh, and if you want a taller receiver, a. Perry At at Wake Forest will be intriguing. Um, Cedric Tillman had the injury this year at Tennessee, so I'm with you. You can you can find wide receivers. I don't know if they're going to go receiver because they. I wouldn't say they're a little shy of that because of the history, mm. you know, and, and they need a corner opposite a Humphrey. So they may wait on a receiver a little bit. Like I said, they do wait. There's going to be some interesting options. Michael Wilson from Stanford's kid, some other kids that people like.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. You said you had Zay Flowers as your favorite wide receiver ahead of JSN. Uh, and it, one other thing I noticed is uh, Quentin Johnston, who there's been a lot of talk and, and connections with him and the Ravens. You have now in the second round. Is he kind of... Falling a little bit, you think?
1: He body catches in college are fine, but in the NFL, it doesn't work. So you got to kind of change your mode of operation a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Johnson, the drops, he has to eliminate some of those where he becomes Brashad Perriman. That's mm-hmm. the issue. And, um, you know, big receiver who had trouble mm-hmm. catching the football is mm-hmm. Brashad, right? And so I think for Quentin Johnson, I moved him into the second round for that reason. Um, I think with Zay, and you mentioned Zay and Smith and Jigba, I kind of boxed myself into a corner with McShay. McShay always does this crap to me. He always does this <laughs> he's nonsense. always up to something, Mel. No, Todd, Todd, Todd's always up to something. Like, he had me where one day I said, Flowers, he's my guy. He said because he stood next to him at a BC game. He, all him. he, said, I said, I he claimed him. Long before that. So we got into a little thing about that. And But Smith and Jigba, I had said back in August, he was the sixth, fifth or sixth best player on the board. And I said during the year, how can I drop? the fifth or sixth best player on my board in August when he didn't play. He had right. a hamstring injury. He didn't play. So I said, I got to go back. Smith and jigma has got to be my guy. Then I made that stupid comment that I got to have flowers because of McShay. So <laughs> I eliminated my Smith and Jigba. So I, I kind of have them as 1-1-A one one guys, to be honest. <laughs> Smith and Jigba and flowers are right there. They're together, uh, and then there's Jordan Addison at three, then Johnston at four.
2: Now, we we talked about uh, the possibility of a trade-back scenario. Right now, as you well know, the Ravens only have five draft picks. That's got to be just bothering Eric DaCosta. <laughs> now, w- w- when we when we talked to Daniel Jeremiah on the pod here a couple weeks ago, he said – if Eric DaCosta only makes five picks, he will eat a piece of paper. <laughs> so you, you got to up the ante, Mel. What do you think? If if the Ravens only make five picks, what are you going to do? You said you retire if they pick Bijan. So I said I retired you, a few right. times.
1: I'd have been done a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retire I'm going to stay retired out of it for now. <laughs> you, never, you, know, you never know about forced retirement, right? You never know. <laughs> I'm always flirting with that, Mel. <laughs> you never know. Hey, I'm with you. You never know. So I'm not going to mention the retirement part of it yet. Uh, but I, I, I would certainly not do with Daniel. Uh, Daniel's a good friend of mine. That I, 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 I don't think he has to worry. But I would never say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Maybe uh, I, I, I have to find something. All right. I don't. Think you think, think about it. Five. I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, Eric wants to get. He, look at the fourth round. What do you have? 25 picks in the fourth round? The whole fourth round was the Ravens. I loved it. But yeah. you know, every, I think every pick was really a pretty good one. They're still waiting for Jalen Armour Davis to stay healthy, right? right, right. But those fourth round picks are going to pay big dividends. Uh, so Eric's going to be to go from, they had, I think they had more picks in the fourth round than doing an entire draft. Issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Right. We're close to that it. Might right? Right. Uh, that might yeah, be right. That might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, so I think he'll help change things there, and it's a great spot because if you like those corners or you like those receivers, you can probably move down and say, I'm going to get one of those guys if they're all bunched together and still pick up a two, so I'm with you. On I just I don't want to get into tri- the mock trap. I'm glad they're over. Fourth is finalized over because <laughs> your, your rankings, I said this during the thing today the conference call, your rankings are the most important thing. Not mm-hmm. We're going to find out. It's like, do, do you really want to know what the presents on their tree are on Christmas morning? Right. You want right. to wait. So we're going to know on draft day what the picks are. So it's like a couple of seconds or a pick. I'm going to say, oh, it's going to be him. Oh, give him credit. Got that. Who cares? We're going to find out in 20 seconds anyway. <laughs> right. you know? it's, like, it's like, who cares? I'd rather wait and say who they pick and then react to who they pick. Do I like it? Do I question it? Where was you on the ratings board? The ratings board is more important than a mock draft. Right. So I'm, nobody tells me who they're picking. Eric's not telling me who they're picking. I've known Eric for a long time. He ain't telling tell him. So <laughs> do I don't like to ask. Because uh, I know I'm going to get a, are you crazy? I'm not telling you. Yeah. So, or if they tell you, they're probably lying to you anyway. I've had yeah. that happen plenty of times. So <laughs> not from Eric. Not from Eric. At least Eric won't lie to me. Right. I, I don't expect him to tell me anything. But um, <laughs> I've had that happen before too. So mock drafts are what they are. I always tell people, you're trying to fill a need in the mock draft and you're trying to put a player within a certain range. Right. If I get five direct hits in my final mock draft, I'm doing good. Now you guys probably do a lot better because right? you're sharper than I am in that, that area. <laughs> I don't know I about have, that. My mock Maybe one of us. Are
0: terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, so as you're on the prediction game here and railing on the mock drafts, Mel. let just here's a question for you. So, sure. I, all of us basically, I think that like think it's going to be receiver or corner in the first round for the Ravens for logical reasons. Right. If it's not receiver or corner, like. How surprised would you be, and, and who? what could that be? Maybe, maybe a pass rusher? Who
1: are the options? Defensive linemen? Defensive line? Like, That's What do you think? That's the one I think. I said okay. this on the conference call. Defensive line would be my guess. Mm. That's their third need. That's yeah. their third biggest need. Mm. Who fits their scheme? Yeah. Okay? Brian Brzee. Brian mm. Brzee from Clemson, local kid at Damascus High, uh, the, you, know, you know, the whole family, great family. Brian Brzee's sister passed away this year, so he met, he dealt with so much mental anguish. and He had the injury, he had the medical issue this year with the infection. He had the ACL two years ago, mm. but he had the great freshman year at Clemson. He was the number one player coming out of high school at any position, coming out of Damascus wow. High School. So I think Brian, Brian looked rejuvenated at the Combine. You know, he's got the size, he's got the physicality. If there was a, a curveball thrown by the Ravens trading out – of 22 down in the first round, it would be Brian Brzee for me. Interesting.
0: You know, when we, when we did this last year, I don't know if we spent any time talking about Kyle Hamilton. You know, we yep. ask all these other questions <laughs> and all of a sudden Kyle Hamilton on draft night ends up slipping down and then he's there at yep. 14 and everyone says classic. Of course the Ravens get this great safety there at 14 who everyone thought was going to be a top eight pick.
1: Yep. So...
0: Is there somebody, maybe it's Brian, uh, maybe it's Nolan Smith from Georgia, is there somebody that you think could maybe fit that mold? Slip through the cracks. Slip through the cracks, and then all of a sudden he's sitting there for the Ravens at the end of the first round, and you say, how did this guy make it to 22, and the Ravens, of course, end up taking him?
1: I'm not going to rip you on the... I, I, I destroyed people when they asked me about B- B- who, basically shocking, they- <laughs> who the shocking first-round picks. Are. i say if it's shocking, I can't tell you <laughs> If it's shocking, I don't know. But yeah. I'll give you... your You didn't say shocking, so I'm going to give you... To one. <laughs> so you'll answer it. <laughs> and I'll answer your question. There's a couple guys that could slip through the cracks. was a great way to term it. Who could slip through the cracks mm-hmm. and not just be a shocking pick? I think... <laughs> Will Anderson Jr. I have at six. I think that's slipping through the cracks a little bit for a guy that some people think is the best player in the draft. I, I argue with McShay. McShay said he's special. He's the elite. I said, no, he's not. He's not Von Miller. He's not Miles Garrett. He doesn't have the bend. He doesn't have that explosiveness of those guys. You know how many, if I asked you how many forced fumbles did Will Anderson Jr. have in the last two years with all those sacks? Zero. Wow. Zero. I went back and checked every pass rusher the last 40 years. I didn't find that he didn't have a forced fumble. Mm, right. in Two years when he was getting all that sack production and all those tackles behind the line of scrimmage. So no forced fumbles, uh, doesn't have the bend, doesn't have the – but he's a great kid. He's a special kid. I have not going to Detroit. That's a little further down than people think. Uh, I think Tyree Wilson, I'm not as high on as Todd is, and other people are. Mm. Uh, he's got the foot injury. I didn't see the dominance on a game-to-game basis against weaker opponents. Uh, I know he looks the part. I mean, you talk about looking like the perfect pass rusher defensive end. He does. Maybe he slips just a bit. Um, Joey Porter Jr., if you're a little concerned with the lack mm. of production in terms of interceptions, you would want maybe a guy who can be a little more versatile than a press guy, doesn't you know, like a handsy grabby. Maybe he drops just a bit. Um, Jordan Addison, I mean, you know, he's kind of this another splendid splinter type, but he's a great player. Um, you know, didn't test great. Maybe people drop him just a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he slides. Um, that would be interesting. That would be a couple guys. I'm not as high on Lucas Van Dash from Iowa as Todd is. I haven't won 24. Todd thinks he goes top 10 to 15. We'll see on that. Mm-hmm. Another guy I could drop a little bit is Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm, I have yeah. him in the late first round. I have other t- another tight end going ahead of him uh, in Dalton Kincaid, who's a move tight end, not an inline guy like Michael Mayer is. Uh, so those would be some of the guys. Kalijah Kansi, if you don't want a three technique, he's not your guy. So he's right. only a three technique. I have him dropping into the late first. So those are some names of some guys that I think maybe drop just a little bit further than people anticipate.
2: Would Van Ness be a potential fit for the Ravens?
1: Kind of stepping into the Clayus role or no? He could be. He's just raw. He's He really needed another year. Um yeah, he's got a chance. He's a hockey guy. He's got that mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw I power die. in his pass rush. I think he's got to get some pass rush moves. Uh, you saw the numbers. I didn't see it equate to performance on the field on a, di- on a game-by-game basis. I see the potential. I like the talent and the potential he has, the versatility. You can play him inside, outside, up, down. You can do a lot of things with Lucas mm-hmm. Van Ness. his foot- best football is ahead. Yeah, I, I think he could be in the mix. He and Brzee could be, possibly. Um, I think more so Brian Brzee over yeah. Van Next for the Ravens. Could Van Ness go a little higher than I have him going to Jacksonville? Yeah, if Todd's right, he goes top 10 to 15.
2: Right. Now, obviously, the elephant in the room here is Lamar Jackson, right? Do you Do you get any sense that there's a chance that there could be action with Lamar on draft weekend, on draft day, some kind of blockbuster?
1: I don't. Do um, you think the Colts could? But I don't. Everything. I, I when I go to this, I always ask Morton Adam because they're. The, I yeah. say Morton because they always yell at me and say, Why the heck didn't you call me? I would have told you that wasn't going to happen. I guy. So I always go to them. And I went to them even with the mock Bryce Young. I'm hearing a little Bryce Younger or Stroud. Bryce Young, Bill. No. Okay, all right, Bryce Young.
0: <laughs> Morton
1: Adam, you, you, you made it a slam dunk for me. I'm going Bryce Young. Right. So I, go, I kind of go to them now because I don't want to get screamed at like I'm in the second grade here. <laughs> yeah, you know, giving me a lot of grief. You know, uh, with a, why didn't you call me? And, let me, you know, take it. and it's almost like they say, you know, I, and I don't like to bother them for that, but I did this year. I said, I'm going right. to do it. So I did bother them on that, uh, and they tell me whatever they have. So I can only tell you that type of thing. But in terms of, of knowing... Of where a guy will go and things like that and, and know what will happen with Lamar you know who the teams are if they're back if they're not interested now will they be then maybe every. but just I would just get everybody together try to work this out once and for all move forward for this year and then see where everything fits in after the season's over right
2: and would you would you I would assume be stunned by a first round hen you know Hendon Hooker or somebody like that and 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 what day 3 quarterbacks do you think could be in play
1: obviously it's does there's a connection I, I, the, I the, said th- yeah. I was talking about I during the conference call. said I said I said I for the Ravens, obviously, Stetson Bennett, because right. he's Todd Monken's guy. Yeah. For two years, he wins the national title, with Todd Monken as the coordinator. Uh, and then you got Clayton Toon, who I like coming out of Houston. I think he's an underrated quarterback. Mm. Then you have uh, Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, formerly of Washington. Then you have Max Duggan out of TCU, mm. who had a heck of a year for the Horn Frogs. Gives you that tremendous running ability and threw the ball better this year than he had. Uh, you know, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, UCLA, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue, Malik Cunningham, Louisville. There's a lot of guys on day three, but I would go to Duggan, Hayner, and Toon and Bennett. Those four for the reasons I gave would be interesting to me on day three. So any one of those guys, like I say, Stetson Bennett for the obvious reason of his familiarity mm-hmm. with Todd, Monkin, right. and then uh, I say Duggan, Toon, and um, who was the four? Oh, and then Jay Hayner from Fresno State. Last
0: question for me, Mel just going back to receiver you know we got it we got a bookend it there and we started talking about receiver now I want to close it for me with receiver if the Ravens go with the corner in the first round or defensive line who are the receivers in that third fourth round range that you like that could be a good fit here
1: I think you have Cedric Tillman at Tennessee who will get pushed down into the third because he had the injury and he's not going to run a great 40. Uh, I think well, it will be interesting where Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss goes. You know, I thought he tested really well. He's got size. He's got length. He ran well. He had a, I thought a good year showed he could make some contested grabs. He could get pushed into the third round possibly. Uh, but you're talking about day three now from the fourth round on. You're talking day three. I'd say A.T. Perry, Wake Forest, Tank Dell from Houston, uh, Michael Wilson from Stanford, maybe. I'll tell you an interesting guy is Kayshawn Booty at LSU. I thought he was mm. a first-round pick mm-hmm. back in August. Brian Kelly takes over. Jane Daniels is a the quarterback. They get off to a rough start. He never gets in sync. He shows flashes. He doesn't test well. Here's the kind of guy in the say fourth round area, if he's there, could it be interesting? Rasheed Rice from SMU. Apuka Nakua from BYU. Ronnie Bell from Michigan's a heck of a, a tough fourth, fifth receiving option, I believe, will be there in day three. Really good blocker. So I think there's plenty of guys to get your question if, if they wait a little bit, maybe the third round or certainly into day three.
2: All right, and last one from email. I, I know you credit former Baltimore Colts GM Ernie Accorsi with encouraging you to become a, a draft analyst. and I also read that he offered you an assistant uh, job in the Colts personnel department before they left town. So do you ever find yourself thinking what life would have been like had the Colts not skipped town?
1: No, because the reality was that Ernie thought that that was a possibility and he knew he would be out. And if he's out, I'm out. <laughs> so, Ernie, Ernie was Ernie looking out up. for you, Mel. He did. He did. He said. I remember I called Ernie, and it was like July after the Elway trade was made, and I remember Ernie didn't even know about that trade. Right. So it had happened. I mean, I'm a am not even knowing your. Yeah, that's that kind trade. of that's wild. Yeah. That's enough to say I'm done, right? I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Ernie said, so I'm going to go into that situation. Right. And so Ernie called me. I said, Ernie, what do you want me to do? Because he said, go through the draft. I knew I had that position when I went to through the 83 draft. But after the 83 draft was over, I remember Ernie talked to call me and said, I said, okay, we're we right. He said, well, we've got a little bit of change here. I can't do it. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, just keep doing what you're doing. Nobody, <laughs> no harm, no foul. Nobody knows you were ever coming here. We never made it public. Nobody knew that. Right. Your, your reports are successful. I, I was only at that point, five months away from getting a call to go interview at ESPN. Wow. So had Ernie brought me in, I would have never gotten the ESPN job. ESPN would have had somebody else. I would have given up the business. I would have had to come back to the business two years ago, which, you know, that doesn't work. I'd have been out. I don't know what I would. I'd probably back to Calvert Hall trying to get a job. At <laughs> <Hall>. <laughs> yeah, say, hey, can you give me something to do here, guys?
2: We, we yeah. would have given you a job here, Mel. You could have been working <laughs> I with hope us, so. buddy. I somebody would
1: have said something. That worst I'd case scenario, me, you're yeah.
2: working with us. Yeah, he's like, I'd prefer right, Calvert right, Hall. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, guys, you guys weren't even born yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, Mel. Thank you so much, as always, man. You're, you're the best. Uh, all of our listeners out there, make sure you tune in to ESPN. For all the draft coverage, follow Mel on Twitter at Mel Kuiper ESPN and everywhere uh, for your work. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure that we're tuned in, Mel. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. You guys
1: do a phenomenal job. I tell you, Raven fans but you should feel fortunate they have you guys. So great job, man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, thanks, Mel. I really thanks, appreciate See it. You guys have yeah. a great day, man. See, See
0: ya. All right, big thanks to Mel Kuiper for stopping by the Seat Geek Studio for this week's episode of the podcast. Also, we want our listeners to know that DraftKings. Sportsbook is the official betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, and it has a limited-time offer that you do not want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code FLOCK. New customers can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. This is only at DraftKings Sportsbook with a promo code FLOCK. Make sure you play responsibly. For help, please visit mdgamblerhelp.org or call one 800 gambler. You must be 21 or older and physically present in Maryland to apply. Also, make sure you get ready for the Preakness Stakes. It's going to be like any other in Baltimore. as Pimlico Racecourse prepares to host the uniquely Maryland tradition on May twentieth, two 2023. Racing fans can experience the action with an afternoon of on-site thrills and a legendary lineup of entertainment. For more info and to purchase tickets, visit www.preakness.com. So, what'd you think after listening to Mel? Oh, Mel's great. Mel's hey, the best. Mel's the
2: best. He's so he's so funny. He cracks me up. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it's always so great to get him. We're we're really blessed because we have Mel Kuyper, who's a Ravens fan, season ticket holder, like Baltimore guy, yeah. Yeah. knows the team inside and out. And and then you also have Daniel Jeremiah, former Ravens scout. You yeah. know, so like we just have all these connections. Uh, it, it's really great. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, I thought uh, the Brian Brees. Uh, or Breesy, yeah. Um, uh, that kind of pick was interesting. You know that that could be the dark horse because, you know, I still think that the chances that the Ravens take a wide receiver or a corner, I think more likely corner, with or one of those two positions with their first pick, I probably handicap it at eighty percent, yeah, something like that. Uh, but that leaves twenty percent for a potential surprise. What would you have said last year? <laughs>
0: the the odds of taking a safety
2: yeah i mean that would have maybe been in the 20 percent
0: yeah you know i mean you you had chuck clark you had already signed marcus williams and right. so you like Geno Stone. like i probably would have even like if i were saying percentage wise on safety last year i would have maybe gone, gone down from you that know. yeah yeah five ten percent yeah maybe yeah so sometimes you do live in that in that percentage for sure
2: for sure so uh yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I do think a defensive lineman would make sense, or you know, like like Mel was saying, if you know, obviously Will Andersons not, and Tyree Wilson aren't falling to twenty two. Yeah, he's like but,
0: he might slip through the cracks and make it to right, six. Yeah, he ain't making it that far. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: But to, kind of to his point, if if those guys slide a little mm-hmm. bit, then maybe that does create kind of a domino effect where a guy like a Nolan Smith could slip to twenty two. It seems yeah. like there's a wide range of opinions on him. Do the Ravens go for another pass rusher, you know, after going to Daffy Owe in the first two round, in the first round two years ago, and then have David Ajabo, who they view as a first round pick. Right. Unlikely, but possible. Yeah. Um. So I just think some of those, we've talked ad nauseum about wide receiver and corner, and it is kind of interesting to talk about some of those other possibilities.
0: Yeah. I also thought it was interesting kind of hearing his view in terms of the rankings of guys. Like, he generally views that Joey Porter Jr. is going to be gone, but not a not a lock. Yeah, that I mean, he's, he's gone. Had
2: him as a guy that could potentially slip.
0: Yeah, not a lock that he's gone. And then also on the receiver front, like as he said, Jackson Smith and Jigba put that one in pen. All the mocks right now seem to have him gone. So I, I would be shocked if he does end up making mm-hmm. it to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers, he really likes as well. But then it seems to me like, and based on what what he was saying, it's it's those two guys, and then kind of. The rest of the field, like he doesn't seem nearly well, he likes as high. Addison. He likes him, but it's like those two at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It yeah. seems to be head and shoulders above everybody else, at least in his mind. Um, I really like Jordan Addison, and I think he would be a good. Take him. I, I'm leaning. You're leaning. You know, I still got a couple weeks to finalize the mock here, of course. <laughs> but I, if I'm going receiver, I'm really thinking hard about Jordan Addison.
2: Mm. Um, if I'm going receiver, I'm going Zay. Mm. That's an if. It's
0: an if, yeah. If I'm going receiver, if I'm going quarter, if I'm going offense, if I'm going if defense. If I'm going corner. <laughs> if I'm going corner, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm, go ahead, I'm going to take Joey Max, Porter. Joey Porter. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going corner. If he gets there, if, uh, if Joey yeah, yeah, Porter yeah, gets yeah, there yeah, to a 22. A few more ifs. Few more ifs throw if him in if there. he
2: gets to 22, I think it, the Ravens would have a hard time passing up Joey Porter. Gene. Yeah.
0: I think that he fits a lot of what this team wants to do um, physically. Pedigree. Pedigree. I mean, the Ravens not to go down a whole Joey Porter Jr. conversation, but they have been a team historically who seems to put stock in, like, the pedigree thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at players that they've drafted, oftentimes you hear it in the opening of that press his conference. His father played, his uncle his played. His father's father's yeah, father. You know, like, there's there's some... I mean, you look at some of their first-round yeah. picks, and there's a there's a track record of that. Marlon Humphrey is that way. Yep. Prashad Perriman was that way. Yep. Um, there's plenty of examples if you go through the years of, of the pedigree thing, so... I think that there's merit to thinking if he's there, he could be the pick.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's all interesting stuff. I do think that certainly a third, we talked a little bit about the third, fourth-round wide receiver. I, I That could be a very much be in play. Very much be in play. Mm-hmm. Mel, Mel threw out about ten names there. We I couldn't
0: keep up. I was trying to jot him down, you know, but it's impossible to keep I know, up. I know. <laughs>
2: it's just tough. Um, so... That is, uh, I think, a, a verily, very possible or likely situation
0: yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they don't go receiver in the first round, they're, they're going to follow up with receiver on day two. Third or fourth, I would think.
2: Well, day two is yeah, you that's only that's got true. one pick. That's, D- true. that's third. You locking in the third round pick, or could you go fourth round? Yeah. I, it is hard to imagine with them waiting all the way till the fourth round for a wide receiver, given right. that you have Odell on one-year. You have uh yeah. is a one-year deal. I mean, you come around to this situation again next du- year. Duvernay's going into the final year of his contract. Is, exactly. You got Bateman in, in, in an empty room. Yeah.
0: You know, so, like, it is – that's why – Just along those lines, like, while well, I think corner or receivers the most likely in the, in the first round, if they go receiver in the first – I don't feel as strongly that they need to take a corner in the third round compared to if they take a corner in the first, that they need to take a receiver. You get what I'm saying here? Because I, I just think that, like... They have more depth. At you have more currently. depth. there now, now, if you're adding a third-round corner... I mean, you drafted two corners last you year. You drafted two corners in the fourth round. You had Brandon Stevens, who's a third-round pick. So, like, right. you feel like... You have you have that already. You have right. the third, fourth round cornerback
2: right, right, kind right of thing right.
0: covered to a certain extent. Right,
2: right. It's like, are you drafting a starter or, or not? Yeah. Here are we we're not drafting for depth at corner. We need right. a starter right, right now. Right. You're kind of drafting a little bit for 2023 depth at wide receiver. Right. And of course, add another X factor. Yes. Add another playmaker is never a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, and you're drafting potentially a starter for 2024. Correct. At wide receiver. Yeah. All interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. So, as always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We have some more uh, guests that we are working on uh, between now and the draft. The draft is uh, right around the corner. It's going to be here. We are going to do our full seven round mock draft leading up to uh, draft day. So, uh, Mink is already makering on this. Uh, I actually uh,
2: haven't put much time nah, into it yet. I know. I usually, say- usually, this time of year, I'm like having a haul I'm losing sleep. I'm sleeping well this time. All right. That's good to hear. Only five picks makes it a lot easier. Yeah, it does. <laughs> last, year with,
0: last year with what, 11 or 12? Yeah. It's challenging. Uh, so it's a little bit easier. And uh, also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and check out the Ravens Press Pass podcast. Make sure you rate. Subscribe to that as well. And the last point that I'll mention here is that we are having a draft party coming up at M&T Bank Stadium. It's going to be on the first round uh, of the draft, so that's going to be a great time. The draft is in Kansas City. Are you going? I'm not, but there's going to be, I'm going to be here with you eating all the snacks outside the draft room. Nice. But there's going to be. There's, it's in Kansas City, so we're kind of bringing the Kansas City barbecue theme here. It's going to be some legends that are going to be there, uh, which is going to be a great time. So go ahead and get your tickets to that event. You can watch it with other Ravens fans. You can get more info on that by visiting BaltimoreRavens.com. And, can we uh, work from the stadium? I want some ribs. I know. We might have to. At least stop down. Get the plate. Get the plate. I think it is. We're not drafted until like 10 o'clock at night, so maybe stop down there and get the plate. Get a Yeah. A BBQ plate? Yeah. Let's I go. Like that. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, thanks for listening.
2: We'll be back with you next week.
1: When you
0: drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.